the Lord be with you. And also with you. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Beloved, we welcome you to this service of ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe. On this first Sunday of the month, as is our custom, we welcome all of whatever age, station, or background to participate in the sacrament of Holy Communion. Those listening on the radio may request communion in the home by calling the chapel office. On this Sunday, we commend to you the ministry of the chapel. We invite those so moved to identify as, to identify as members of the chapel chapter. We encourage you all to continue or to commence the practice of disciplined generosity. And we ask you to ask yourself what forms your ministry, your engagement of gratuitous kindness here will take in the coming weeks. Especially upon this Epiphany Sunday, we welcome into our congregation the Walton High School Tour Choir, a 60-voice choral ensemble from George Walton Comprehensive High School in Marietta, Georgia, a suburb of Atlanta. Previously, they have sung and performed at the Basilica of St. Peter, Vatican City, Cathedral of Notre Dame, Paris, Cathedral of St. Stephan, Vienna, Dom Cathedral, Salzburg, Cathedral of St. Patrick, New York, and the Basilica of San Marco, Venice, and now Marsh Chapel, Boston University, Boston, Massachusetts. Dr. Jana Williams became the Walton High School Choral Director in 2003. She earned her Doctor of Musical Arts and Musical Education from Boston University. We welcome Dr. Williams and we welcome her choir. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
may we pray. O oh God, by the leading of a star, you manifested your only Son to the peoples of the earth. Lead us, who know you now by faith, to your presence, where we may see your glory face to face, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lesson from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, and all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you, and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of the, his power. Although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us say together verses from Psalm 72 with the Antiphon. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the needy, and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures, and as long as the moon, throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound, until the moon is no more. May the rulers of Tarshish and of the isles render him tribute. May the rulers of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all rulers fall down before him. All nations give him service. For he delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their life and precious is their blood in his sight. I will give you as a light to the nations, my salvation. 
Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew chapters 2 verses 1 through 12. Glory to you, O Lord. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born the king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
be seated. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. A dreamlike mist settles on us in the hearing of the Christmas story. The strange world of the Bible causes us to look twice, to think twice. Our dreams themselves become dreams, dreams squared, as Calderon wrote, y los sueños sueños son, come Christmas. For a few moments in worship, or a day in reverie, or a week in travel, for a time at the end of the year and at the start of the year, you may be brought once again into the mystery, the uncanny actuality of our living, our being. We are showered with a dream, a dreamlike mist. Then it is not a stretch at all for us to hear of the wise men going home by another way, warned, as the Bible says, in a dream. They are dim shadow figures from the distant past or from a stylized memory from an ancient past. In a dream. Warned in a dream. Guided in a dream. Carried forward in a dream. A dreamlike mist settles on us in the hearing of the ancient tales at Christmas. And we are moved, if we are moved, not just by intellectual argument, but by intuitive insight. We are moved, if we are moved, in the dreamlike mist of this dreamy season, not by reasoned argument alone or in the main, but by intellectual instinctual grasp, a grasp of the way in which we ourselves are grasped, even grabbed by the gospel. And so it may be come this Epiphany Sunday that we too will bring forth our personal devotion, our communal celebration, our remembered sense of justice, gold, frankincense, myrrh. Before the Christ child, we present our gold of personal devotion. You may have an inkling of a new way in a new year. If so, a few initial preparations are in order. The life of faith upon which journey you are entering proceeds best in company. There are very few freelance Christians. You will want to worship come Sunday. You can start, of course, by listening to this or another broadcast week by week, hearing the lessons and the music, attending to the prayers and the sermon, finding over time the way into the language, grammar, and syntax of the gospel through the weekly practice of prayer and listening, of beauty and holiness, in the company of other fellow travelers. Worship on Sunday. You will want to find a small group in which you can learn others' names and find yourself called for once by name. One might simply be the small group who come before worship to sit quietly here in the sanctuary in prayer. Over time, others will see and know you and you them. Or in an adult study or a traditional Bible study or a mission-oriented group or something special for internationals or gay folks or Methodists or Lutherans. You could start by having coffee with a group of others following worship downstairs. Gather in a group. 
you will want to try out the generosity of faith by giving. Of course, you can use the collection plate. Please do. But there are other ways to give that may appeal to you. You may read about a project or mission that calls out to you. Give some support. You may be invited to volunteer in a service ministry. Give some time. You may find yourself attracted to a nearby library or soup kitchen or daycare center or tutoring program. Give some effort. Practice generosity. Worship, gather, give. Worship, gather, give. Worship, gather, give. And start again each Sunday. The dreams at the heart of Christmas do help you find your way home, though in a different manner, perhaps, than the manner in which you have been living. The life of faith upon which journey you enter now proceeds best in the company of others. Worship, gather, give. Before the Christ child, we also present our frankincense of communal Christmas celebration. Our spirit at Marsh Chapel is quickened by the gift of Christmas. Now this school year, each first Sunday of the month, we have worked in the sermon at interpreting the local spirit around us here at Marsh Chapel. These sermons are meant in the long run to be read as one chain, one katena, one lengthened sermon knit together in sacrament and song. There is a particular geist, a particular spirit of this place and your community. So incarnation, life, is a feature of this spirit which we probe today. As in other months, inquiry, hymnody, recollection, patience, now life. For reasons missional, theological, and spiritual, it is timely for us to receive the gift of Christmas. You as a congregation in these years have labored so. You have opened the chapel for Christmas Eve, even though the university is closed. That is good. You have added a second Christmas Eve noon service. That is good. You have presented your lessons and carols twice. That is good. You have offered a blue Christmas service, various festive and festival open houses, and even a daily electronic Advent devotional. All, all this, so good. You are working to make the Marsh spirit as lively at Christmas as it is already at Easter. One reason is missional. This is the one time of year in a post-religious culture in which people who otherwise may have no particular religious perspective may be open to the journey of faith. Singing a carol, lighting a candle. You who already know the Psalms and have your favorite, remember the parables and identify your best one, recite the Lord's Prayer and sing the hymns of faith, remember now that others have yet to receive the first meal, the first course, the first helping, of faith. Christmas opens the door like no other, no other season, and our doors should be fully open here, too. The second reason is theological. We need to balance Easter with Christmas. We need to balance redemption with creation. We need to balance resurrection with incarnation. For our own spirit at Marsh Chapel to be whole, 
We need as full a nativity as we have a holy week. Most congregations struggle in the opposite direction. You need both stories, both wings to fly. The early church told two stories about Jesus. The first about his death, the second about his life. The first about the cross is the older and more fundamental. The second about the manger is the key to the meaning of the first, the eyeglasses which open full sight of the first, the code with which to decipher the first. Jesus died on a cross for our sin according to the scripture. That is the first story. How we handle this story later in the year, come Lent and Easter, is itself a perilous and serious responsibility. The first story, the death story, the story of Jesus' death and other seasons' work needs careful, careful handling. And later in the year, we shall return to story one. But at Christmas, we listen for story two, the story of Jesus' life, the story of Jesus. Who was Jesus? What life did his death complete? How does his word heal? or hurt? And how does all this accord with scripture? One leads to the other. Without the accounts in Matthew, Mark, and Luke of Jesus' life, his teaching, his healing, his preaching, his ministry, Christianity based only on Paul and John would have become a kind of Gnosticism, as John Ashton long ago noted. This second, second level story begins at Christmas and is told among us to interpret the first. Christmas is meant to make sure that the divine love is not left only to the cross or only to heaven. Christmas in a violent world is meant to remind us, all of us, that you do not need to leave the world in order to love God. Christmas is meant to open out a whole range of Jesus as brother, teacher, healer, young man, all. Christmas is meant to provide the mid-course correction that would be needed if all we had were Lent, Holy Week, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Vigil, and Easter morning. And the Christmas images are the worker bees in this theological hive. There is a further, a spiritual reason for us fully to honor Christmas, Christmas tide, epiphany, the gift of Christmas. Christmas carries a patent universality, a birth story that readily enters the hearts and minds of people from many religious backgrounds and from no particular religious perspective. The author of Ephesians writes that through the church, the wisdom of God and its rich variety might now be made known. Christmas is our handshake with the rest of the religions of the globe and in our time, such a greeting and such an embrace is a daily, an hourly need. Birth narratives are familiar to Christians, but also to Jews and Muslims, Hindus and Buddhists, Confucians and many others, including those who stand aside from all religious tradition. With great effort, the ancient writers joined the God of creation with the God of redemption, the coming of the Savior does not limit the divine care to the story of redemption, but weaves the account of redemption 
into the very fabric of creation. There is more to the gospel than the cross. The ancient writers sense this and say it with gusto. Angels to locate Jesus on earth, shepherds to locate Jesus among the poor, kings, so on this Epiphany Sunday today, to honor and empower Jesus on earth, a poor mother to locate physically the birth of Jesus in the womb of earth and outside and in a manger and, as the psalmist sang, among the poor. Easter may announce power, but Christmas names place. Jesus died the way he did on earth because he lived the way he did on earth. Jesus lived the way he did so that he could die the way he did. That is, it is not the power of Christ, but the presence of Christ too, which you affirm. Not just his death, but his life too. The lovely decorated Christmas tree in your living room with its natural grace adorned by symbolic beauty is meant to connect the God of creation with the God of redemption. Before the Christ child, we present our shared, historic, remembered affirmation of liberty and justice for all. Ours is a flickering remembrance of what Isaiah did foretell. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Our region and our country lost a powerful voice this week speaking of life and incarnation and redemption in creation. In closing, I mention him to honor his formative influence on me and many others. When I wonder about the cost of honest speech, I remember his annual veto of the death penalty in New York State. When I question the value of self-criticism and self-doubt, I think of his true-to-self, unapologetic brooding. When I rue the hurt of lost votes and lost dreams, I think of his stamina. When I wonder what epitaph to which I should aspire, I think of his chosen phrase, he tried, and his favorite title, participant. Other than my dad's voice, his is one or the one I will most miss. Mario Cuomo died New Year's Day. I remember a, a happy, humorous morning more than 20 years ago when in Syracuse, New York, the Carousel Mall, now called Destiny USA, was still new, a religious temple built and now being rebuilt for the gods of getting and spending and laying waste of powers. 400 people gathered in the mall's top floor room to enjoy breakfast, and the view and the featured speaker, then Governor Mario Cuomo. I was given a ticket and invited to go, and when you're in the ministry, you go when and where you are invited to go. He began with light banter, wondering how in the midst of state recession, the local developers had found the capital to build and teasing them about looking into it. He was in good humor, though he had hardly a supporter in the room. And he was humorous, glad to be present, glad to speak. He told about meeting President Ronald Reagan for the first time. 
As Cuomo crossed the room to be introduced, the jolly president said, you have no need to introduce this man. I know his name. I would know him anywhere. He's a great American. He's a great leader. He's a great Italian-American leader. I'm proud to greet Lee Iacocca at any time. He told about his parents coming through Ellis Island, penniless, speaking no English. He added that his mother even then hoped her son would become the governor of the Empire State. He spoke of Emma Lazarus. Do they ask you in high school to recite her poem any longer? Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the restless refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the lost, the tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. What has become of our hope, our sense of self as a people? He spoke knowingly then about the needs of central New York, but also had to spend time acknowledging the shortcomings that soon would bring his defeat. He began at 8.20 in the morning, and I did not look at my watch until 9.15. I believe it is the most powerful public oration I personally have ever heard, and it was delivered without a single note. As George Eliot might have put it, Ingenious, pithy, and without book. Just in terms of rhetoric, it was sheer, delightful excellence. He has been on my mind this weekend, and his voice has been reverberating again as many mourn his passing. He concluded that morning by talking, as he had in 1984, about two cities, one set on a hill and one set far below. Two countries, one rich and one poor. Two nations, one for the many well-to-do and one for all the others. Poor, frail, elderly, disinherited minority. Two realities, as different as night and day. And his words sound so contemporary, he said. In many ways, we are a shining city on a hill. But the hard truth is that not everyone is sharing in this city's splendor and glory. There's another city. There's another part to the shining city, the part where some people can't pay their mortgages and most young people can't afford one, where students can't afford the education they need and middle-class parents watch the dreams they hold for their children evaporate. In this part of the city, there are more poor than ever, more families in trouble, more and more people who need help but can't find it. Even worse, there are elderly people who tremble in the basements of the houses there. And there are people who sleep in the city streets, in the gutter, where the glitter doesn't show. There are ghettos where thousands of young people, without a job or an education, give their lives away to drug dealers every day. There is despair in the faces that we don't see, in the places that we don't visit in our shining city. It was a striking kind of sermon to deliver at the height of economic well-being in that part of the state, a sort of Robin Hood homily for the sheriffs of Nottingham and the Carousel Mall. It was a Christmas sermon, even though it occurred later in the year. I doubt that more than a handful of those present did vote for him. 
and in fact he was defeated and out of office a year or so later. Yet his prophetic, principled, out-of-fashion voice kept before us, kept before us all, those whom we are sometimes inclined to neglect or forget. There are things that we just have to keep steadily before us, keep steadily before us, not forget, not avoid, not neglect. Who will help us to do this now? I wonder, across the land, whose voice will take the place of his. Gold, incense, myrrh, devotion, celebration, remembrance. A dreamlike mist settles on us in the hearing of the ancient tales at Christmas. We are moved, if we are moved, not just by intellectual argument, but by intuitive insight. We are moved, if we are moved, in the dreamlike mist of this dreamy season, not by reasoned argument alone or in the main, but by instinctual grasp a grasp of the way in which we ourselves are grasped, even grabbed by the gospel. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. be seated. The peace of God be with you. We'd like to welcome you again to Marsh Chapel, a sanctuary amongst a city, a time of peace in places of chaos and stress in our lives. We hope that you find you are at home here, wherever you are on your spiritual journey. Please feel most welcome to continue that walk with us. We would love to get to know you better and help you get to know one another better. And a great way of doing that is by filling out those red folders towards the center aisle of each pew. So please fill those out and pass them along. 
Directly following the service, there'll be refreshments downstairs, which is a great time for fellowship and coffee on this dreary, bleak January day. So please join us for warmth and light after the service. We'd like to especially extend welcome and again, gratitude and thanks to the Walton High School Tour Choir led by Dr. Jana Williams and Maggie Williams. Thank you for sharing your beautiful voices and such grace-filled music with us this morning. So thank you so much. Communion is open to all who wish to partake of it today. Please know that this table is set for you and you are absolutely welcome to partake. We'll have grape juice available on the lectern side and wine available on the pulpit side and gluten-free options available for whoever are in need. Healing station is available for you under this first window on the pulpit side as well. If you find yourself in need of prayer for your joys or your concerns in life, please join one of our ministerial staff for a gentle anointment and prayer of healing at that station after you partake of communion. Other events and activities can be found online on our website at bu.edu chapel where there's also an opportunity for online giving. As we beckon the ushers forward, let us be reminded that it is a gift to be a giver. And as the choir lifts us up in beautiful song, let us find ourselves being as generous as we are able.
gracious and abundant God, receive these gifts, consecrate them and the givers to your service in this place. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, and that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always and also with you. Let us exchange with one another signs of Christ's peace. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth or you had formed the earth from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom you have revealed yourself, our light and our salvation. You sent a star to guide wise men to where the Christ was born, and in your signs and witnesses in every age and through all the world, you have led your people from far places to his light. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. 
this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant given for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us your peace.
Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. the song of the angels is stilled, and the star in the sky is gone, and the kings and princes are home, and the shepherds are back with their flocks, then the work of Christmas begins, to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among brothers, to make music 
in the heart. Amen. Amen.